not about white or women or politics. Introduction. Admittedly, this is like three blog posts in one. That either means this is a barn-burning bargain, or else I should rename this place having three legs, since it's getting a little unruly in here. So in the first instance, the play the radical left has apparently determined to run, and keep running, unto ages of ages, is that of calling everybody they disagree with white nationalists. So follow this closely. Apparently, since I believe that more black babies should live in these United States, I'm a white nationalist. Also, since I believe that more black mothers should be spared the scars and guilt and shame of murdering their own children, I'm a, you guessed it, white evangelical who has been radicalized by an ever-increasing politicization of my church. Huh, who knew? The logic, apparently, is that since white people have been in the majority in America, that hegemony, that power dynamic, has systematically oppressed other races and minorities, whether consciously or unconsciously, and now we are trying to force black women to give birth and deny them opportunities for career advancement, since that is apparently the absolute pinnacle of all human existence. Advancement in cubicles. Maybe you'll get one with a window. Clearly, this is the work of white evangelical nationalism. Except, not really. Actually, not at all. The thing I'm wondering is why no one has looked into the systemic oppression of right-handed people against left-handed people, since there are clearly more of them, and their tyrannical reign over various tools and products. Talk about hegemony. Also, brunettes far outnumber the redheaded and the blonde. And while we're at it, what about two-legged people? just walking around like it's nothing. And all the pants in the world made with two legs, not even giving a fig about all the one-legged humans. Talk about power dynamics. Talk about oppression. White nationalists are probably behind all of it. And why aren't we also looking into the black nationalism that is no doubt pervasive all over the continent of Africa, where millions of white Europeans were bought and sold in slavery over the centuries? Oh, are we not looking into that? Darwin looms behind it all. Okay, first off, let us reject the racism inherent in all of this. But I really will need to throw elbows in every direction here. White people are not part of a secret club, a cabal, a conspiracy, any more than right-handed people or two-legged people, bless their hearts. Neither are black people, or I mean BIPOC people. Let me say this carefully. People are varied, diverse, different, and unique, even people with similar physical characteristics. Insert liberal white woman mind-blown emoji here. The radical left actually acknowledges this, sort of, in their own perverse and hypocritical way when they call people like Larry Elder the new blackface of white supremacy, or refer to the five justices purported to be overturning Roe, the oligarchs of white evangelicalism. First off, several of them are not evangelicals, bub. And second, if Clarence Thomas is white, I must be translucent. But it is by this same token that the right and conservatives need to be extra careful not to be backed into this same corner by accepting any accusations of so-called replacement theory. This is apparently that view popularized by that cheery French existentialist Albert Camus, accusing non-Europeans of trying to, quote, replace Europeans, and so destroy the European way of life and apparently he thought maybe the Jews had something to do with this. 
Whether any thoughtful conservative should receive anything from Camus shouldn't even be a question. Certainly not. But when the leftists are screaming in your face all day long that black and white are the only meaningful categories and race is everything, you bigot, some conservatives are going to lose their nerve and finally embrace the categories and fall headfirst into the trap. But the key is to not take the bait. They may be racists, and they may think that destiny is in our genes, but we read Genesis 1 once, and we know better. There's only one race, the human race. Everybody's descended from Adam and Noah, from one blood, God made all the nations of the earth. The other aspect of racism in all of this is the assumed determinism inherent in the claims in both directions. White people cannot help but oppress, and black people cannot help but be oppressed, except, of course, when they can help it. But let's not talk about that. I'm a black coffee Calvinist to my back teeth, but does no one believe in free will anymore at all? I believe that we are all morally enslaved to our natures, but this is universal and not at all race-based or physically determined. It is simply a moral and covenantal fact the whole human race is descended from the original rebel, Adam. Therefore, I believe in the moral agency, the moral dignity of all human beings, beginning with the dignity of universal human guilt. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Red and yellow, black and white, all are guilty in his sight. And it is dehumanizing to relegate superficial classes of people to categories of permanently perpetuating evil or to eternally helpless victim status, helpless until some white liberal comes to their rescue. A longish side note. You'll forgive me if I don't believe that you actually care about helpless black people when this whole conversation is about you demanding the, quote, right to dismember millions of the most helpless black people in their mother's wombs and selling their body parts for cash. I've taken to saying regularly that whenever the world says that they are interested in, quote, empowering anyone, especially women, you should understand that to be saying that they are aiming to strip women of their God-given glory and power and con them into thinking that the tattered shreds they're left with are fun, cool, and sexy. The arrangement goes like this. Give away your virginity cheaply and regularly to men who have no permanent obligations or commitments to you. Don't worry about getting pregnant because we can kill the baby or as many babies as you may happen to get pregnant with. And all of this is so that you can be forced to work long hours in that cubicle, which may or may not have windows, for some corporate boss who doesn't give a damn about you so that you can support yourself until you die. This is called women's liberation empowering women, and the right to choose. It's really sexy. Now everybody chant the litany, bans off our body. Apparently, what they mean by this is the right to choose your mistreatment, enslavement, and a life of misery. And quite apart from the incessant lies here, Christians do believe in the right to choose. The right to choose whether to marry or not. Period. Full stop. Christians do not believe in arranged marriages. We believe that a woman is free to accept a man's offer of marriage or reject it, no questions asked. This is why the woman takes vows right alongside the man in our traditional wedding ceremonies. But these leftists keep talking like pregnancy happens to women like the flu or inclement weather. They keep talking like a woman cannot function in this world apart from getting pregnant. Like you might be sitting there minding your own business and suddenly, kaboom, you're pregnant. Man, how'd that happen? But that only happened one time in the history of the world, and that young woman got a warning visit from an angel. Because that's not how it happens. There's only one virgin birth, and that was Mary, the mother of our Lord. 
It's striking how relevant the ancient creeds are becoming every day. So unless the leftists really are trying to claim virgin births, what they are actually demanding is the, quote, right to sexual promiscuity, the so-called freedom to have sex with anyone they want, whenever they want, without any consequences. But of course, this is impossible. And so they demand abortion to pretend they can. The universe owes you a new car every time you crash your own. I would humbly suggest that the universe does not owe you a new car, and you should stop driving so recklessly. I don't really like that analogy, since a new human being coming to existence is not really anything like a crashed car. But the point is that certain actions have certain consequences, and it is delusional to demand that your actions not have those consequences. Okay, another analogy. It's like demanding that you have the right to make a cake and put it in the oven, but whenever you open the oven, it must be completely empty. Why? Well, according to the early feminists, because men can't bake cakes because they don't even have ovens, even if you did an operation on them and tried to give them one. And just in case you got lost in that analogy, the argument seems to be that women must have the same right to degrade themselves as men. I'm sorry, I meant birthing people. Or, I mean, I don't know. All of this is why you really must watch the new documentary from New St. Andrews College and Canon Press, Even Exile with Rebecca Merkel. Talk about a deep breath of fresh air and sanity. The church becoming Christian. Of course, all of this has come upon us, we are told, because of the politicization of white evangelicals. And it's always white evangelicals. Since we are told every five minutes that 81% of that demographic voted for Trump in 2016. I'm also reliably told that 99% of those who voted for Biden had two legs and two eyes, which is more than a little suspicious if you ask me. But the narrative works like this. Evangelicals used to be nice and spiritual, doing the work of the Lord, which apparently has nothing to do with anything earthly, unless, of course, you're pro-abortion, pro-amnesty for all crimes, free chocolate milk for everybody, and whatever else is on the Democratic platform. If you're advancing those causes, that's just common-sense compassion, people. But if you want to save the lives of babies, particularly black ones, protect the actual glory and flourishing of women, and think government programs are hooks and chains of slavery, that means you've been radicalized by the alt-right and white nationalists. But you should just keep repeating this. The so-called white nationalists are the ones who think there should be millions more black people in this country, since we should stop killing them before they are born. The whole politicization narrative is cute, but naive and wrong. If evangelicals were less politically engaged in past decades, it was likely because they were being less faithful to Jesus, not more. Of course, I grant there is such a thing as turning a church service into a political rally, and Jesus would say something like, don't do that, that's bad, in Aramaic, of course. But Jesus said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. All authority in heaven and on earth. Those pillow-headed Christians and radical leftists trying to get us to give up the playing field must think we can't read. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. It all belongs to him. Don't misunderstand, we are not advocating a Muslim jihad. That would be the Muslims who are advocating for that. We are Christians and we believe that Jesus has given particular responsibilities to the governments he established on this earth. Those governments are the church, the state, and the family. In the same place where Jesus claimed all authority, including all political authority, he commanded the church to disciple the nations baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything he had commanded. So that is what we're doing when we command the civil magistrates to stop killing babies. 
This is what we are doing when we insist that biological women must be honored and protected as women, and that biological males who are dressing up like women must not be honored as anything remotely similar. This is what we are doing when we teach that men must honor women and protect them, and that marriage is the only lawful way for a man to take a woman to bed, and that marriage is a covenant between one man and one woman until death. None of this is the church becoming political so much as it is the church becoming Christian. We were commanded by Jesus Christ to teach everything the Bible says, and we were commanded to teach it all to every nation, including America. And along with those things, we are also authorized to command the civil magistrates to stop stealing through confiscatory taxation, particularly property taxes that threaten to steal our property if we don't pay them. And we may as well also point out that you have absolutely no authorization from Jesus or the Constitution to be funding the arts, public television, environmental initiatives, or regulating medicine or medical treatments. Get back into your own lane, which is simply punishing criminals and defending us from the same. And we insist that you do so in Jesus' name, because he is Lord of heaven and earth. Conclusion. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is why we're even having this conversation at all. The reason we are being smeared as white nationalists and misogynists is because these same people hate Jesus and they hate the triune God. But since they cannot do anything whatever to touch Christ or God, how can the finite even approach the infinite? All they can do is attack those who bear his image. So it's not about white or nationalism or empowering women, and it's not really about politics or replacement theories. It's about rejecting the living God and his Christ. But there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. They can howl and shriek and smear us all they want, but Jesus is risen from the dead. He is seated at God's right hand, and he is reigning until all of his enemies have been put beneath his feet. But the really glorious thing is that when Jesus conquers, he makes many of his enemies into his friends. And this includes all the current insanity clerks, all the current mad professors, all the current media liars and political thugs. Jesus died for every kind of sin and every kind of sinner. And if you want to be forgiven, you can. All of us over here in the Christian church were once enemies and rebels. All of us. But Jesus conquered us. And the thing that is hard for you to understand is that he conquered us by his grace. He offered us complete forgiveness of all our sins for free. He has said that he has paid the debts of countless millions and that anyone who wants in has been paid for. So this is the offer. Lesbians who have had six abortions can be forgiven. Sodomites who have seduced young men can be forgiven. Abortion doctors, sluts and whores, porn addicts, and the run-of-the-mill thieves and liars and bigots can all be forgiven. Children who have cursed their parents can be forgiven. Fathers and mothers who have betrayed their own children can be forgiven. Black racists and white racists can be forgiven. Every stripe of racial or ethnic animosity or vainglory can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus cleanses every kind of stain. And this is why the leftists hate Christ the most. They hate him because he has destroyed the enmity. Enmity between God and man, between man and woman, between slave and free, between Jew and Gentile. It was all crucified on the cross, and Jesus is reconciling all things. Deep down, the leftists know that if sinners are cleansed, the gig is up and their power is gone. If Jesus sets sinners free, there won't be desperate sinners coming, bowing and scraping at the altar of the almighty state, seeking salvation, giving their offerings of blood and money. So the only replacement theory we have anything to do with 
is the promise that Jesus will replace hearts of stone with hearts of flesh, that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, and the nations will all bring their glory into the new Jerusalem. But those nations will be nations conquered by the grace of Christ, a grace that restores nature, a grace that glorifies nature. That grace doesn't obliterate differences, but it absolutely harmonizes all of them. If you'd like more of this kind of content, be sure to check out Canon Plus. That's where you can find my audiobooks and a huge collection of resources to help you engage with culture and live faithfully. By subscribing at Canon Plus, you're supporting the making of this show and more. If you haven't joined up yet, you can get your first month for just 99 cents by using the promo code TOBY99.